Welcome to the A to G podcast. I'm Jacob. And I'm Darren. And we've got a fun-filled show for you guys today. We have a Game of Thrones uh, review of the latest episode. We have a special music featured today with the artist on the show. We're going to have to stay and find out who that is and what that's all about. We have a top five. We have some Lions info we're going to get into, some after-draft information, and um, Garbage Person of the Week. Jake's we'll favorite. That. Jake's ah, favorite. I know. <laughs> but we're going to start off with Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, huge episode. Episode huge. three, just huge. Huge. Just, just premiered on Sunday. I was pretty much on a social media ban until Tuesday when I can actually <laughs> watch it. But right. I have watched it. It was. It did not disappoint. So from the Battle of Winterfell, our favorite Game of Thrones guru, historian, whatever you want to call her, is here on the ADG podcast. She has survived the Battle at Winterfell. Miss Miss Alicia has joined us on the ADG podcast. Welcome, Alicia. Hello. Hello. I just just barely survived. Just barely I, survived. As I as I think most people felt after that episode. Uh, but at least I got to watch it live. I wasn't dodging spoilers like I am with Endgame. And oh. I know that like right after it was done, I messaged Darren. <laughs> yes. Never <laughs> ever do that unless I let you know that I'm watching it. Because because <laughs> she sends me a message that she says, what the you know yeah but you sent me a message after you watched it so okay (laughs) i'm sorry i watched it on tuesday i'm just assuming that you have watched it by then i watched it on sunday okay okay well so there you go uh no i was i was completely you know what i i I, and this nothing against the game of thrones episode i thought it was great i just thought it didn't really make me go wow you know because i don't know if i was still on a, really because uh, l- listen hear me out i was still on an end game high i have that, heard that and, uh, and, i have, and I have ex- heard that and, and and the expectations did not really do it for me don't get me wrong great episode awesome cliffhanger great action from what i could see because it was dark 90 percent of the episode oh uh, which which 1080p a lot people, buddy it'll be which, just fine uh, I had I have 1080p. It was still kind of blocky and blotchy here in some parts, but uh, other than that, I thought it was great. I was completely wrong on how many people, which I thought were going to die, didn't die. Vastly, vastly under or overestimated the amount yes. of people that were going to die. Exactly. But the people, it, it was kind of like the people that did die. I've known they were going to die for so long that I wasn't that emotional. The only one that really got me was was poor little Lady Liana when yes. she died. That yes. killed me. Everybody spoiler else. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> hey, if you haven't seen that. it by now, yeah, it's, it's, too late. it's your own fault. It's your own fault. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, I, I, I totally agree. Like, I, w- when I saw her charging at the, the giant uh, um, uh, White Walker, I'm like, oh, this is going to be she awesome. She got the job done, though. She got the she job got, done. Hey, hey, she went out on her own terms. She, because I, I, I did see, uh, like, they have a behind-the-scene little video after every episode. And the, and, the, and the creator said, like, she was only supposed to be a one-scene uh, uh, actor. But, she, but the response was so huge for her that they r- wrote more stuff for her. 
and and they wanted to give her a great you know ending scene in Game of Thrones, which I thought was great. Was yes, good. it was great. It was, yeah, it was. She went out a good way. Um, there wasn't really anybody else that surprised me. I knew going in the drawer was going to die. I knew mm-hmm. Theon was going to die. Yeah, I I've never liked Theon, so I. I really wasn't that torn up about it. He's no, never been he, on my list. I've never no, liked him. No, exactly. I'm sure he's not a lot of favorites. He's not favorites of many people, but you know, I think he he did serve his purpose and he 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 died, you know, with a clear conscience and even Bran saying, You're you're a good man. You know, you have you've you've came back and you've and you and you're doing the right thing. So Yeah, yeah. So you, yeah, you, you, you gotta a, give him kudos for that. I, yeah, I mean, it was a good death, I guess. And Jorah went out defending his queen like I knew of he course. always would. Yeah. That one did hurt, but I knew that one was coming. Yeah, that, that that's kind of uh, noticeable that that that, that was going to happen. There was only one way for him to die, and that was to defend his queen. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so so a lot of the, like you said, a lot of people that you were expecting to die didn't die so now what what's left obviously whoever's left still a lot of key uh, characters are still left in the game of thrones you know now they march towards uh, uh king's landing to take on uh, the queen the the, the soon to be mad queen cersei so mm-hmm. do you see uh, i've seen reports that uh, amelia clark who plays uh, daenerys said that episode five is gonna blow everyone away so, yes. Yes. So um, episode five is directed by the same guy that directed this episode. He also mm-hmm. did Battle of the Bastards and Hard Home. So he's their big battle guy. Right. He's the he's the he's the battle director. So obviously five is going to be another big battle. I don't I I'm not going to lie. I threw every prediction I had out the window after this episode. <laughs> I was like, I, I have no idea what's going on. And I've been online uh, like looking for theories and mm-hmm. you know I don't go on reddit often but I've been on reddit looking for theories and uh, everybody's still too busy bitching about this episode so <laughs> well, well well like what is the biggest thing that people are bitching about the fact that Arya is the one that killed the night king I thought they, that was awesome they, uh, they think there's I've seen a lot of stuff online about how she didn't deserve it and it was supposed to be John and it needed to be John and it being Arya <laughs> yeah. is just out of nowhere and mm-hmm. I don't like I think it was awesome I think that it really is the culmination of of everything about her story I mean, all her training and all that she did to yeah you know, get all that the, done all the training led up to that that moment where she snuck past a horde of of white walkers and yes. jumped the night king mm-hmm. there's there's nobody else alive who could do that so it would it was too obvious if, if john snow did it yeah and plus it made us sit at the edge of our seats i was sitting there for an hour and 20 minutes at the edge of my couch like what the hell's gonna happen now <laughs> so I was, was like, i i was i was gonna say john's a little busy with a a, a, a white walker dragon so yes i i don't see him either killing a, a full dragon i'm sorry you know and there's no no chance of that but like you said uh like it, it was a perfect arc for Arya, you know to make her story complete obviously mm-hmm. her and her and her relationship with the red woman and the red woman pretty much telling her, you know, like this is your, this is your reason for 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 living, and this and that was the reason for her to come back and to, you know, fight and and yeah. give her that final message before she 
finally vanishes. Yeah, that's why she was. Yeah, that's why she was there. That's why they brought Beric Dondarrion back so many times, apparently, so he yes. could save Arya yeah. uh, at the end, so that she could kill the Night King. And I, I mean, I think it was awesome. It seems to be very divisive online, but mm-hmm. I think it was awesome. I, um, I, I didn't. I actually guessed that they that she might try when she asked for the specially made weapon from Gendry. I was like. My husband and I were like, oh, I think she's going to try to kill the Night King, but I didn't think she would succeed. <laughs> she I, was she was badass. She was it was amazing. everyone out with that. I, I screamed. When she jumped, I screamed so <laughs> loud because it happened so fast that it's like he's reaching for the sword. Yeah. And then he turns around. Yeah. So basically, for most of that, that, it was a good minute that I thought that he had stabbed her. Right, right. Like I thought she was dead because like he goes for the sword and then he turns around and she drops the knife and then stabs him mm-hmm. and then they both fall. So I thought he stabbed her. So she's she took out the Night King, but she's gonna die. And I was like, no. And then when I saw her standing, I realized that she was okay. But there was a yeah. good minute where I was convinced that she yeah. was dead. And not that that wouldn't have been an, a great death, but I'm glad that she lived. <laughs> through it obviously she's she's my favorite character so exactly and i i want to say like what was your biggest um uh, obviously aside from Arya killing the night king what was your biggest uh surprise in the episode it was actually that melisandre came back i was i wasn't expecting that at all Mm. i didn't see that one coming it makes sense like when she showed up And she she told Arya, like she gave Arya her message. It made sense that she came back. But when she came riding out, I was like, what is she what is she doing here? She can't do anything. Mm-hmm. And then she, you know, she lit up the Dothraki swords. And I was like, oh, that's really, really cool. That's a really cinematic <laughs> moment. It's not going to mm-hmm. do much. It's not going to do anything, but well, it looks really cool. Yeah, it, 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 it kind of makes you wonder, like in the first 10 minutes and uh, the, the the White Walkers pretty much dismantled the entire Dothraki army. Yeah, and they then, build you up and then they're like, oh, oh look my at these God, fiery yeah. swords. And it's like, oh, nope, dead. And, and, and then, of course, Danny starts losing her shit. It's like, oh, I got to get on my dragons. I got to do something. And John's yep. like, no, we got to stick to the plan. Obviously, their plan did not work. I, I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know who was the general to come up with that battle that battle plan but it was not a good well, don't good fight plan something at all. you can't see for one because you're fighting in the darkness that you can't it. see it was coming like really yeah but uh, but but like enemy. other things like all the armies that they had they should have had them spread out further you know instead of like trying to because when they all came in a horde it was the, the, they were just pushing them back as far so, as uh, i i mean i don't I think that they knew that somebody had to kill the Night King, that they could not defeat. They knew they couldn't defeat the army. So they knew that they, they like, they basically had, I think they kind of knew that they basically had to, to hold the army back long enough for somebody to get to him, which is going to be really, really difficult. And, well, um, you know, the, they knew they knew that he was going to go for Bran, but everybody's like, "Well, why did they send the army out like that?" And I was like, 
it doesn't matter if you send the Dothraki out or if the, you know, if they, if the white army had come towards them, the first line was going to die no matter what you did. Oh, because sure. that's, it's just, it's a, it's an army you can't defeat. And they weren't like really until Arya killed the Night King. It was not looking good. It was really, really, I thought I was convinced they were going to lose. <laughs> I was like, no, exactly. You, you, you hit it right on. And another thing, like, where did Arya jump from? She came out of nowhere. I don't know. She, yeah, she really got. She, I, I don't know. Because, no um, because no, she's you, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Because if you watch, there's this moment, um, as like so, so as the Night King is walking up to Bran. And then it kind of pans back to the White Walkers, and all you see is the hair on one of them fluttering, and that's mm-hmm. Arya running by, but you don't see her. So <laughs> she literally did just run through them and jump, and it's, I mean, like, it is amazing. True. But but, but before that happened, I was like, he's going to kill Bran, and then because that's what he wants, he's going to leave. And that's going to be how the people, the few who do survive, survive. That's what I thought was going to happen until she jumped out. I was like, everybody's dead. Everybody's dead. This is so, so bad. Mm-hmm. No, I, absolutely. Especially when it comes to the port, uh, the, um, the point where where uh, Bran logs himself into the Three Eyed Raven or a Raven, I should say, and uh, and, and and you know, and goes looking for the Night King to see where he is, and then he comes back. But so I think his story obviously has to continue to the obviously second last episode of Game of Thrones or who knows, maybe he makes it all the way to the end. There's still uh, still a couple episodes left to find out. Uh, We we did see a a running dire wolf in this episode. Big Big fan of that. Now, the question is, we didn't see if he survived or not. But Uh, do you think you think that he's still around? He did. There's um. There's a picture. They they released four promo pictures of the next episode, and one picture. of them shows. Oh, one of them good. shows everybody, and and yeah. Ghost is in there. It's oh, their um. Good. They're conducting the funerals for those that died, and so oh, he is you. there. He did make it, right. which is good. I I'm happy that Ghost made it. I was confused <laughs> that he was charging with Jorah and he wasn't with John. It's I think he's jealous. He's like, oh, well, he's got a new pet now. He doesn't need me. Like, I, it's like he's jealous of um, Rhaegal. Yeah. But it, exact, it, exactly. Whichever one, whichever one wasn't the undead dragon. But, uh, J- Jake, I don't know if you, can, if you can concur with me, but my favorite part is when Jon is, like, uh, running out to the Night King and he gets into uh, Winterfell inside the walls and he looks around and he sees all these people are battling these white walkers you know even sam is just kicking ass and right. and, and sam doesn't kick ass just plain and simple <laughs> so everyone goes to that extra level and just right it's all your favorite characters too right exactly it's, yeah they're all just on the old little hills and just like you know mowing down the undead so as, as much as they can as no, much the, as they the, can the, the, me, the, the, that was one of my favorite parts to see yeah. all these people setting aside their differences and uh and just working together which is which was great uh so obviously that i was ga- uh, that was episode three three episodes left in the series 
I got a feeling, obviously, from what Amelia Clark said, that episode five is going to be huge. It's going to be a big, another big episode that episode three, episode three was. So I think that this week you'll see another setup episode. You know, they they bury the dead of all those who who uh, lost their lives in the battle of of uh, for Winterfell sets up episode five, and then whatever the aftermath is will be the will be the finale. Mm-hmm. So, so, so Alicia, just give me your final thoughts on the episode and what you think is is going to happen. Like, give us like one uh, key event that that most likely is going to happen. Uh, I don't know. I I, I have You're supposed to be our insider. Come on. I know, but just <laughs> just so uh, I get shot in the dark. Most... Yeah. So the most concrete theory <laughs> that I have right now yeah. um, is that Cersei mm-hmm. will either have Tyrion murdered or he will be executed for killing their father. And that is what pushes Jamie to kill her. Really? Because that's I, I just the th- thing is is that it's predictable and and everybody the cast keeps saying that that the ending is not predictable but that's the one thing that it's so uh, just the same way that Arya's storyline was leading up to the night king and and theon's storyline was redemption it just seems like jamie's storyline is leading to him killing cersei it mm. it's that's that would be the fulfillment of his storyline right so I feel like that's what's going to happen. And I I do kind of think that that it might be Tyrion's death that causes it. I'm not sure. Um, you know, I, I, I think I said it the last time I was on that I knew that Tyrion wasn't going to make it. He was one of those characters that I definitely knew. Wasn't <laughs> He's, still He's still alive. He's still alive. But I knew that he wasn't. <laughs> I knew that he was going to die at the end. I said, he'll die in five or six. He'll make it all the way till the end and you think he's safe and then he's going to die. It's just the kind of character he is. He's that character that's going to die and it's going to hurt. <laughs> it's going to really hurt. So well, we're going to find out in the next couple of episodes. And that's right. Maybe or maybe it won't happen. And I might be we can't predict wrong. right now. I have yeah. no idea right now. I'm, I, I, my theories are that's the best I, I have. So I have no idea. I, uh, now we're on record. Now we'll see. We'll find we'll out. See, we'll see what happens. Obviously, everyone's Game of Thrones Deadpool is completely shot <laughs> since this last this last episode. But Tyrion, I think he's gonna weasel his way in. I just got a feeling that he's gonna he's gonna end up being there at the end. For some That'd be reason. great. That'd be great. I'd, I think it'd be, I'd love you know. it. I just don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But th- that was great. Uh, big shout out to Alicia for joining us on uh, on the ADG podcast. She will be back next week with uh, with what happens on this week's episode of Game of Thrones, which yes. will be episode four. So we can't wait to All have right. you back there. Uh, so thanks. Ali- so thanks a lot, Alicia. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so it's time for the ADG Sports Recap slash Review. Obviously, local teams have been pretty quiet ever since the Leafs went out in the in the playoffs. They lost in seven games to Boston for the second straight year. That kind of sucked. Uh, so we don't need to talk about any, any more hockey for, any, for, for a while. Nope. Nobody else That's, matters, right, Darren? <laughs> n- not to me. Not to me. 
I don't care who. I don't care who's still playing. They're not That's my okay. team. I don't, I don't like hockey that much. I'm there you go. That. So me Next. and Jake are me and Jake are on the same page. We're out when it comes to uh, <laughs> it comes to hockey. Uh, basketball. I guess uh, we can talk about the Pistons oh, getting swept. Do we have to? Did we talk about them last uh, episode? You know get, what? Them getting swept. We'll just skip it. They're shit. Next. They're shit. They're obviously shit. Uh, baseball. Tigers are being tigers, and they okay. They, they play baseball. That's, Average. That's about it. That's but, okay. But Jake, let's get down to the meat and potatoes. What we really want to talk about was the NFL draft that happened this past weekend right. in Nashville, and the Lions. Ah, uh, they went. Oh, they went full lines again. Now, now exactly. What did what did we year. say last episode when we had um, our Sean special Bolegian. Sean Bolegian on our special yeah. guest? Yeah. What, what did we say? We don't want everybody. <laughs> do not pick what a tied fucking end. Yeah. Tight ends. Yeah. What did the Detroit Football <sighs> Lions do with their first round pick? Eighth, eighth overall. Eighth, eighth took, overall. Eighth tight end. T- Iowa. T-J. TJ Hawkins. TJ Hawkins. <laughs> Jake was so pissed that I had just. No, no, no. You know what? I'm not even that pissed about that pick because if they're going to do something stupid, at least they picked a good player. You sure. know, shit position. I don't, we don't need it. Position of not enough uh, of need that much. I can, I can see the reason why they took it because, you know what? In all honesty, if uh, Josh Allen. The, the defensive end from Kentucky slipped all the way to seven before uh, Jacksonville uh, took him. If he was still around, they would have definitely took Josh Allen. I, I hope they're that smart, but I don't know. Because I questioned their tight end choice at pick number eight. Mm-hmm. Very questionable. Good player. I don't know if we need him. But mm-hmm. what makes it worse, mm-hmm. what makes it all worse, mm-hmm. is in round two. Oh, yes. 43rd overall. Yeah. Who? Linebacker, <laughs> who from Some, Hawaii? Somebody from Hawaii, yeah. uh, uh, a fifth or sixth round prospect picked second. Yeah, are you fucking high? I mean, I'm eating my micro- fucking microphone. Are you high? What is wrong with this team? <laughs> now, Unless this guy magically appears to tackle everybody running through the D line, right? No, what, yeah. What happened it's, to all the defensive ends that slipped down? Cornerbacks that slipped down into that spot. What you know, you know what, and and this is what Bob Quinn does. You know, he, you know, you, you really can't evaluate him on one pick in one round. You got to look at the entire draft class. Obviously, the, the, he had a lot of uh, were first uh, questionable picks in the in last year draft, taking Tracy Walker. And, and and other players like that and everyone and we I think we all said who the fuck is Tracy Walker he turns out to be pretty good he came, he came in and played a little he played very well when uh, uh, Glover Quinn got injured last season and I, I I like that pick now I don't know too much about this uh, linebacker out of Hawaii there was very little information very little yeah, tape on nobody this knows it, yeah but obviously they they know something because uh, there were there were reports that if the Lions didn't take them I think a four or five picks down from them the New England Patriots were jumping all over this thank kid. you thank you for telling me that because this is a rumor mm-hmm. going around that this was bait the that our general manager is so 
into Patriot's way, his yeah. boss at his old job gave him a little tip. You know what? We're gonna we're thinking of taking this guy. Uh, you know what? I gotta disagree with you. I don't think that they were gonna say like, mm. hey, yeah. We, look at we look like at the draft. Kid, look know? at the draft. Patriots had. Look at the draft. Yeah. Yeah. Filled every single need. Yeah, that you know, team filled every single need they had, except tight end for some strange reason. Mm-hmm. But but they you know, just draft well. But okay, so obviously we uh, we don't like the second round pick, but hopefully no. we're, we're, hopefully we're both wrong. So Jake, what what do they do in the third round? Third round defensive back Will Harris. Boston I like call. that pick. I like I'm, that I'm pick. Good, I'm good with every pick after that, all the mm-hmm. way to round seven. Yeah. Okay. Because the, here comes my problem. Because if we're gonna pick a tight end in the mm-hmm. first round, why the hell we pick a decent tight end in round seven? That seems to be a steal. <laughs> hey, you know what? Even going past that into right. the undrafted free agents, yeah. three more damn tight ends. Yeah, two of them pretty decent. This, six, six, this, six, seven. This team loves its tight ends, and I can see uh, the new uh, Daryl Be- uh, Bevel's new uh, offensive coordinator. Really making this offense an identic, uh, identical replica of the Seattle offense uh, from a couple of years ago that won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Run heavy offense, you yep. know. Use double tight ends, you know. You know, throw throw the ball fourteen to fifteen times a game. Right. Really, you know what the difference really is? clock management. Yeah. You know what the difference is? Hmm. They had a defense. Exactly. We have and the- four guys. We have four <laughs> good players. On the other side of the ball. No, Four. you know what? And I, you know what? I like I like the prospects on defense this year, and I think uh, with uh, with with the guys coming back for another year, Deshaun Hand, I think he's going to take a really incredible step step up. And plus, you have a full year of Snacks Harrison being in the lineup. I'm going to poo poo on everything uh, that we just talked about because every single. Uh, sports network out there predicting Lions won't make his past uh, six wins. ESPN sure. just came out today. They're, the Lions aren't going to go above four wins this year. You know what? Four. Four. Yeah. You know yeah. what that means? They mm. shit on every single team that sure. comes in. And and that and that's what the Lions do. They they never get any respect. And you know that being a Lions fan. Oh, I, know I know that. Each time they might be right, though. But, because uh, everything they hey, improved. Lions got average. Yeah, hey, if they're right, they're right. But you know what? That's why they played the game. And until training camp starts and they play some uh, meaningful scrimmage games and see how this offense works, because the way that they were talking last year that, oh, Lions can win nine, ten games, you know, Mm -hmm. and look how they started. They started started great on the first play. They picked off their pick six, and then what they do for the rest (laughs) of the game? They fucking shit the bed. Matthew yeah. Stafford is was not himself, and I think they're really putting all this money into the defense and and offensive uh, weapon, uh, not weapons, but protecting Matthew Stafford so he doesn't have to do everything. You, yeah, know? you know, you can you can hand the ball off to uh, a carry on twenty times if you want. You have two. Sure. You have two good, capable tight ends to uh, you know. Uh, check down to so the, the, the i think it's a lot it it's a lot less matthew stafford's team now and more matt patricia's team exactly he's being babysat he they're asking him to do a lot less with what he's given the only exactly. problem with that the only problem with that 
One, he has to execute. Two, you have to have a defense to back you up. And I'm yeah. a defensive scheme kind of guy because the, the, the guys comparing them to the uh, Seahawks that won the Super Bowl is that defense was relentless. They went after you. They, they rotated, and they still went after you. Mm-hmm. you know I mean, the guys filled the gaps. It was, they wouldn't give you a minute to breathe. But, but you're right. The games have to be played. And that's why this is the last episode we're going to do anything Lions for a while. <laughs> Until, uh, 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 unless they have some major breaking news. Yeah, or... major breaking. I don't think yeah. so. Well, you, never, you never know. Because no one expected, you know, the Bears to be anything. You know, and then they made that trade for Khalil Mack. And then they're like, oh, look at the Bears, you know. But they people still, yeah, but you still got Mitchell Trubisky. He had a great year. And they won the NFC North. Well, so, the Lions signed Khalil Mack, then we'll be on the on the show and talking it, strictly Lions again. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know what? I, I, I kind of like what they're doing, especially the, that the players are buying into Matt Patricia's way of coaching. And I think because you really saw last year at, towards the end of the season, their defense really come on strong and their defense was ranked 10th. So it's it's not a shitty defense. It's a top 10 D. So if you if you want that, I think a couple more pieces, a couple more of Patricia's like minded players. And I think this is going to be a fast, hard hitting defense. Jake. Now, now you and I both have them at nine and seven, even yeah. though this year's schedule is way harder than last year's schedule. Sure. We have maybe a three week team, really weak teams that we expect them to win against. Everything else is going to be a battle. Yep. I'm still sticking to nine and seven because I'm a slappy. You know what? And, and you know what? Be I, really, tough. I, I really like to get a, a good evaluation of the team after the third preseason game just to really see how well if uh, the team is gelling in, in, in those first couple games, then you'll really see what happens. Because last preseason, they weren't gelling at all. No, it was uh, now, awful. It was awful. And, it was and, awful. And, and totally, we understand, new coach, new system, new culture, new mindset comes into play. But this one now, you you know what is expected of you. You know what plays you're going to be running. You yeah. know, the offense, is, I, I think the offense is going to take a lot more time to develop than defense. I think the defense early on in the, early on in the season it, it are, is, uh, is the Lions' only chance for them to, to stay in games. Well, we'll find out. Yep. We'll find out. we got lots of time until uh, preseason, a few months. We'll be ready for it. Exactly. We'll see what happens before then. Yes, uh, pl- plenty of time to lather on the the Honolulu blue and silver. Oh God! Butters. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sa- save our uh, comments for then. <laughs> before before we can have our overreaction podcast, we gonna happen. Of the NFL season. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the Lions got got destroyed by another rookie uh, quarterback first game of the season so <laughs> so just one last question for me so yeah. obviously you're not a fan of this draft class what was nope. the one draft player you know that you like oh i like that pick i think that i think that's uh, that's good for them no i think any pick uh from round three four five six seven all of those picks were great yeah. uh, amani uh cornerback from penn yes, state penn state great choice pick. Like, I love it. Like, it's awesome. That's what we need. But imagine if we had Greedy Williams from the second round instead of a you know, linebacker. Everyone thought, you know, Greedy Williams, Greedy Williams. But, like, but dropped. there's a reason why they, he didn't pick and he dropped. 
because right. he's not he's not a physical corner. He That's doesn't right. like to hit people. He's six two. He needs his yeah. hands to stop the ball going into the other person's hands. Right. That's what we need. He doesn't have the explosive speed, but these are rookies. You give them a chance. How rarely do you find a six two uh, corner? Kind of rare. So they're usually around six feet. You know, so that's uh, that was it was a good opportunity. And again, I have zero faith in the second round pick, first round picks, eh. but everything else after that, I'm really good with. Here, like it's not uh, bad. I Jake, give him a B for that. Jake, l- let me ask you this: Would yeah. you t- would you take the second round pick of this year? Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Tavani, I think is his last name. Uh, Tavani, or would you take T's Tabor? <laughs> I don't like that question because he's Tabor is slow, slow and one. awful. I haven't yeah. seen this kid play. I, I'm All just right. like I'm just like the NFL Network. I have zero tape on this linebacker from Hawaii, so I can't tell you <laughs> exactly. So They're like, Lions pick is a linebacker from Hawaii. Uh, who is this kid? Nobody has any <laughs> any tape on him. We can't even show him. Uh, here's his face. But you know what? Here's here's my early season post-draft prediction for Lions. TJ Hawkinson is going to be an absolute stud for the Lions. A stud. He's going to be he's not going to be Gronkowski. He's not going to be Gronkowski, you know, breaking all these huge tackles, but in the run game, stud. Blocking game, stud. He has short short yard receiving a a game, stud. I I I have a feeling all about it. He's going to get Really bad treatment from the fans if he's not anything but great. Hey, he's gonna get the Eric, Eric Ebron treatment if he. No, he's perform. not. You know what? And I'm sick and tired of people comparing this. To he's Ebron. not comparing. He's just gonna get the same treatment if he doesn't. You know, if he doesn't perform, he's gonna get the same treatment. He'll he be, drops I... the first, first pass. He drops. He's gonna get booed. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be me booing him. You know what? That I, I, I don't think that's going to be the issue because this Hawkinson looks like a smart kid that yeah, looks, knows looks, when he knows when to play football and he knows when to stay off social media. That's what yes. all Eric Ebron did was just a big and uh, social I media. Did, troll. I did invite I for every, all of our three people in the audience. I did invite Eric Ebron to come on the show. Uh, so there, there you go. Not we, this we, week. we want to give him a, a fair yeah. a fair chance. He has a big mouth talking about this draft. And oh. this is our first round draft pick, which again, not a fan of the pick, but it's a great player. So for somebody like Ebron to get on social media and poke fun, I'm like, hey, we have a mic, you have a mic, bring it. And yeah, he hasn't responded. Right. We're here. <laughs> AG podcast calls out Eric Ebron. That's all right. There you go. Oh, yeah. so, but there's but our there's our Lions take right there. There's our, so we're somewhat bitter. I'm more positive than Jake is, but. We'll see how long I last. I'm, I'm disappointed one and two, but after that, I'm I'm a, a B. I give him a B. <laughs> yeah, but 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 we'll see what happens. Obviously, speaking of lions, uh, Jake, uh, I think it's time for our top five list. All right, top five. Going crazy. Top five, no debating. Top five, top five, top five. It's in this in this week's top five list. It is lions related, and oh, uh, damn. It, and it's lions draft related. Oh, so I thought of this top five today that it would be perfect for. No, I'm really excited. Perfect for Jake. uh, (laughs) Because, you know, if there's one thing about Jake that I know is that he loves going in the past and talking about former Lions draft bust. Yeah. So I compiled a list 
of my top five Lions draft bust. So awesome. we can start with number five. Number five, which we're going back a little ways, Jake. And I mm-hmm. know you're a fan of the old school. Uh, so we're going to go with the great, <laughs> the talented. Oh, oh, man. Back in the 1990 NFL draft, your oh, Detroit geez. Lions selected seventh overall quarterback Andre Ware. Andre Ware. Okay. Yes. And how much did he accomplish in Detroit? <laughs> Uniform. Zero. But coming out of college, he was a Heisman Trophy winner from Damn. Houston and was supposed Crazy. to be the perfect quarterback for the Lions run and shoot offense. But in four years, but in four seasons with the Lions, Ware just started six out of the 14 games he played, throwing five touchdown passes and eight interceptions. Sounds like a Michigan September Heisman. Exactly. He did, but he did appear in two playoff games in 1991, mopping up a win over Dallas in a blowout. over Dallas, and he was there in in a mop-up role in a blowout loss to Washington in the NFC Championship game. So there's Andre Ware, your uh, number five draft bust. Moving on to a couple of uh, years later, uh, Lions took another quarterback. Oh, there's a trend here. Yeah, yeah, well, just for these first two, uh, that (laughs) That if uh, it was another great first round pick, uh, this time it was third overall by then general manager Matt Millen, and we all know how much he's Matt an awesome Millen, guy, right? He was an awesome guy. Uh, num- at number four, it's Joey Harrington. I have yes. that jersey, Joey Blue Sky. I have his jersey too. I have, <laughs> I haven't wore it in over ten years. Yeah. Um, and it's still too big on me. Um, So Harrington was supposed to be another uh, quarterback of the future. Um, And obviously that didn't work out. You know, he started started 55 out of 58 games for the Lions Mm -hmm. in four seasons where he had an 18 and 37 record. Yeah. That sounds like a good, good um, record for Detroit Lions. So, so he, so he was there until about his, but his best season came in 2004 when Harrington passed, passed, uh, sorry, when Harrington completed 56% of his passes for over 3000 yards and 19 touchdowns. He was then, he was then traded to Miami after the 2005 season. Lovely. So that's number four. Number three, uh, before then, uh, before Harrington, there was a stud, a stud of a wide receiver that came that came not too far from uh, Detroit. It was Michigan State's own wide receiver, Charles Rogers. Charles Rogers. He was a first round pick. He was the second overall pick in that draft. Uh, and nice. uh, another another gem by Matt Millen. Mm-hmm. He comes in. That scouting and department's amazing. His first game, he he torched it up. He was the next biggest thing. I believe he caught two touchdowns against Arizona in his first uh, regular season game. Everyone was loving it. People thought, "Oh my God, we found our we found our our next great wide receiver." Until he broke his collarbone, mm-hmm. and then he just ended up his rookie season with just twenty two catches and five touchdowns. 
So before his season was over. So, but after the Lions, that's when the real trouble for Rodgers began. Began, you know, he had tryouts with New England, Tampa, Miami, and but nobody wanted to sign him, and uh, and so he, uh, he, then he got in some trouble with the law, with uh, and, and especially with uh, any battle substance abuse problems, and so he, he and he spent a lot of time in rehab centers. So his playing days are done. So. Yes, but oh, the time where, where Charles Ro- Charles Roger was the man, but oh he, man, he was a so at number two, you'll like this on the defensive nope. side. Second in the <laughs> second round, thirty seventh overall in two thousand four, your Detroit Lions took linebacker Teddy Lehman. <sighs> Teddy the Thrill Lehman. Oh God, who remembers that? <laughs> That's why I'm on here to to remind all our listeners that he was taken 30th overall. He was just horrible. All right, so oh, that, that that was number two and number one. Can't wait. Are you ready for this? I'm holding on to my chair. <laughs> number one is another wide receiver. Since we since the Lions had so good luck with that. And I think I think we're talking about how they always take tight ends. Back then, they always took wide receivers, year after year. With the first round in the first round, tenth overall in two thousand five, the Lions took wide receiver Mike Williams out of USC. Mm, how did that work yeah, out? Yeah, that didn't work out very well. No, it did not. Uh, it's like, so after sitting out a season when he when he declared for the NFL draft, then he sought to return to USC before he became before being declared ineligible. Williams was overweight when he reported to train camp with the Lions and never lived up to his All-American status with the Trojan. He started just six out of 22 games during two seasons with the Lions, catching 37 passes and two touchdowns before being traded to Oakland on the first day of the 2007 draft. Awesome. So there is your top five of Detroit Lions draft bust. That made me so sad. <laughs> it's so sad how they could miss keep the boat doing on things all like that. these bad yep. players. But that's the, the hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that's yep. so that's your top five, Jay. There we go. All right, Darren. So we're gonna start with our music feature for today, and I think we're we're getting. Um, Good response on our music features because we're doing what we're again. What we're doing tonight is bring in the artist directly onto the ADG podcast. Exactly, it's great to actually hear from the artists who are writing these songs, and we have a bunch of talented singer songwriters that are gracious enough to give us their music to sh- share with our li- with our listeners. Exactly, because you don't want to hear me talk about some artist and. <laughs> You know, and then playing their awesome music because I already sound like crap. So let's just have them tell us exactly what's going on tonight. It's a special episode. We told you this from the beginning. We have a special interview uh, for everybody. Tonight, joining us directly from New York is Lily Muir. Welcome to the ADG Podcast. How are you tonight? Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for joining us on this show tonight on this thursday very rainy nasty gross thursday where we're coming from right now yeah uh, here too here too (laughs) it's disgusting out there but you know we have we have your music and for what our listeners don't know and they're gonna find out quite quickly 
that you have, and Darren, we talked about this uh, off the air, and, and Darren quite, is quite smitten with your influences <laughs> of Amy Winehouse, Nora Jones, yeah. that uh, it is, it's a great sound. So yeah. where has that sound come from? Where did you pick up your sound? Well, I guess by listening to artists, um, I draw a lot of inspiration from uh, Amy Winehouse and, and John Mayer and um, Ed Sheeran. I, I guess I just have like a wide spectrum of music that I listen to. Joni Mitchell is another artist that I really draw inspiration from. Um, and yeah, I guess I've just taken all the parts of different genres and artists that I like and kind of internalized them and then made it my own. So when you when you're coming in to write a song, and I looked on your uh, your information that you do a lot of your own self experiences, your life experience are reflected in your music and and in your songs. Like, is it? Do you have enough where you can write, you know, twenty songs, no problem, just based on your life experiences, <laughs> or or is it like tougher to really get to the to the true meaning of a point you want to come across in a song? Uh, most of my songs, yes. Well, actually, uh, to answer your question, yeah. Uh, I guess maybe one situation might happen, but I'll feel about it a certain way while it's still in the present, and then I'll look back on it and feel different about it. So I might get two songs out of one situation or three songs out of one situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. Now, going off of that a little bit, because life experiences to writing is is a big thing. Uh you are really young. You're not you're 19. That's that's a prime age for writing what you're experiencing. When when did you start? Um, I actually wrote my first song when I was seven years old, but I don't necessarily consider that my like start. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I wrote the first song that I really wanted to record and release at 14. Um, nice. And yeah, ever since I've just been doing that, and it really has been like my favorite outlet. Now you mentioned that before some of the artists that. Or uh, influenced you. Uh, what was the first artist you heard that you you knew that? Oh my God, he wrote that song or she wrote that song. What? Who was that first artist, and what made you instantly instantly connect with that artist and and his or her music? It was definitely when I first heard "Give Me Love" by Ed Sheeran um, when I was fourteen. Uh, I I couldn't I guess believe that somebody had written that. Um, and I guess seeing, like, seeing a face with somebody who had written that song, like, made such an important connection to me. And I just remember, like, listening to his music when I was younger and being like, I want to make people feel this way with my music. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I, I just wanted to bring up, you're from Westchester, New York. How, how was it living there, living there, you know, inspired you to become a singer-songwriter? A singer well, being the suburbia that's right above uh, New York City, New York City is pretty much everything where everything is happening and having the space of the suburbia, but still having that fast pace of the city kind of um, bleeding into it. Uh, it has this kind of perfect combination of like, you still have that work ethic and that grind of wanting to keep writing, but you have the scenery and the space to have that creative, um, creative energy to do so. Yeah, that's, and you know what? Uh, and the first time I heard your single, Something, titled mm -hmm. Something, uh, <laughs> it, it's, it, I liked it. It was, it was great because I got the MP3 first. So I listened to it. I'm like, okay, we need to have Lily Muir on the ADG podcast. <laughs> and then, a couple, what was it, last week or the week before, we came out with the live version on YouTube. 
Yes, yes. Oh man, that's that's a brilliant idea. Like, what inspired you to go live and make a video out of that? I've been wanting to make live videos um, for so long. I mean, what makes me fall in love with artists is when, like, I can see like them that I, I see them performing their own music and that I believe them because I think what makes me connect to music so much is when I believe an artist. Um, so I wanted to kind of create that for my audience. Um, and it's not the only live video I recorded. I have two more coming on the way. So perfect. Very so we're, yeah, we're, we're excited too, because I saw it. I'm like, you know what? That's a brilliant idea. Cause it gives you the song that it's really good that we liked that you recorded, but now you're doing it live with the band. And the yeah. video is really well, really nicely shot, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, really, really, really good job on that. And we're we're gonna share that on our social media right after we put up the show, so everybody else can see what we saw. And like I said, it's brilliant, great, great concept, good idea doing that. So what we're gonna do for our ADG audience right now is we're gonna play your track uh, titled "Something," the MP3 version for everybody to hear right now. Share it with the rest of us. 
so that was Lilymere with the track titled Something. Hope you guys enjoyed that. And for if you want to see more, uh, we will share the live version of that awesome video on the ADG Podcast Facebook page, Instagram, and uh, wherever else we can, actually. We'll just keep sharing it, get some views on there, get some likes. So if you guys see it, just be like, yeah, I heard this on the ADG Podcast. It's great because <laughs> it is good. Exactly. It is good. It's, on, it's on my playlist right now because, you know, everybody we, we bring on the show, it's, it's on the playlist. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, Lily, you being only 19, and obviously you are – very talented in everything that you do musically what like did you have any like family inspiration uh, when you wanted to become a singer songwriter or was this kind of your own little thing that you that only you can really do um my family uh, has a lot of artists in them not necessarily musical artists right. but yeah. um my dad loves to paint and to draw and um and so does my sister she's a fashion designer oh, wow. uh, and so does my mother. They all love drawing. Ironically, I can't draw. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, my love for music, a bunch of different bands from like the Jackson 5 to Led Zeppelin to just really like opening my mind at a young age and exposing me to all this music. Um, and yeah, and he had my grandpa's guitar. Um, I was never fortunate enough to meet him, but through his guitar, I was able to learn how to play. And so my love of music was born. <laughs> nice. So, so you, you obviously very talented singer songwriter you're only 19 so what like what do you want to accomplish in the next three or four years um in the next three or four years i guess i just want to keep um recording and releasing music and playing live shows and always just upping my game right now i'm really focusing on uh putting together a really good uh group of live musicians like you saw in the live video of something and i really just want to be playing as many shows as I can. So is there a tour that you're looking to put together this year for 2019? Um, not exactly a tour, quote unquote, but I am playing a lot of shows back to back this summer. So kind of. <laughs> yeah. So where are these shows just pretty much in the New York area or are you venturing outside a little bit maybe? Uh, yeah, most of them are in New York. I'm actually playing at the Botanical Gardens Uncorked Festival uh, later this month. And then I'll be playing at the Jersey Shore Festival. Um, and then I might actually go to Europe for some shows. Uh, oh, wow. Nice. So far found. Nice. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I'm very excited. <laughs> oh, that, sounds, that sounds great because anytime you go to Europe, that's a totally different fan base. And you never know. You never know. That's great. All right. So besides uh, the track that we heard something, What's the next track that's coming out that we will be looking forward to? Uh, the next track is going to be the album. So I'm very oh. excited about that. <laughs> and what's the name of that? Can we get a spoiler here? Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's a self-titled album, so it's going to be Lily Muir. <laughs> nice. Lily Muir, self-titled album coming up. Uh, do you have a date for us? I don't, but I will be in June. It will nice. be in June. <laughs> Awesome. I, uh, uh, Lily, just so uh, our our fans and listeners know, like where can we where can they find you on social media? Yes, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all at Lily Muir. So that's L I double L I M U R E. Right, uh, and just like um, just one thing, the, the name Lily Muir. How, how did you come up with that? 
Um, it's actually a funny story. <laughs> uh, when Instagram just became a thing, um, I have these Italian friends who they loved playing with words and stuff. And the word amore, which means love in Italian, yeah. they uh, kind of made it into mude. So they would add it at the end of everything. Um, so they would say something like, I don't know, chair mude or like anything like that. So mm -hmm. when they referred to me, it would be lily mude. Um, so then when Instagram became a thing, I was like, oh, what should I make my name? And they were like, make it lily mude. Um, and then that became lily Muir. <laughs> That's good. That's very good. There you go. Our fellow uh, show Italian, uh, Darren, yeah. will probably confirm that. That is that is true. That means, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I know with a name like Darren, you don't think uh, Italian right away, but yeah, no, that's yeah. But that's the, great. the Carlo kind of gives it away, buddy. Yeah, this, the the last name is usually a dead giveaway. Uh, so no, that's great. Uh, oh, that's a great story. Yeah, no, that that's really. I, I'm always interested to see how bands get their names or singer songwriters have certain names for certain songs um do you find it's like it's more or less difficult to to get your name out there nowadays um i would say uh well i guess i have no reference you know i've only been alive for the period of time that i've been alive for um right. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, true <laughs> uh it's been okay it hasn't been super hard but it also i mean I guess it could be easier, you know. Uh, I, I'm pretty satisfied with the way things are going thus yeah, far, yeah. Um, but I always strive to improve. Exactly. No, you you said it yourself because your style is a lot different than what other female artists are doing these days. Do you think that gives you an advantage when it comes to people checking out your music? Um, to be honest, I, I really don't know because it, it's kind of, we're in a very interesting period of music time where we seem to be kind of changing, I guess, the focus of where pop is headed, um, which I do think is, is kind of being in my favor. I think a lot of people are starting to pay more attention to lyrics and if the artist actually wrote the song. Um, and yeah, people seem to be more interested with more intricate song forms. Um, well, I, I think you're, I think you're hundred percent right because, um, I don't want to see myself in another music video ever again, but I'm definitely, I definitely write, and that's definitely what I want to do. And uh, I, I, th I think you, the trend is, you know, less Drake and more any other artist that writes their own music. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you, you said it yourself. You know, you you draw on inspiration from John Mayer and Joni Mitchell and Amy Winehouse, which were all they were all big into writing their own stuff and their own yeah. music that that kind of stuff because i was having a, a conversation with my friend the other day and about him like you know great music that from okay it was obviously a little bit back like the eagles they wrote their own stuff and and today and i told him like you have to listen to these guys you know they pretty much paved the way from for country music or just songwriting in general and he says yeah but i don't really listen to the lyrics of a song i just listen to the beat or the melody it, and I, I think that's becoming uh more and more unrecognized these days is that kids <laughs> millennials aren't aren't really care about what the lyrics are saying i think they're more interested in, in, in they're more interested in, in a beat yeah yeah but i think also the counterculture of that is rising as well in which people actually are really caring about the lyrics and the melody. Um, Very true. Yep. yep. 
I agree. So, so just one last question for me. Uh, obviously, very talented. Uh, like, would you ever consider doing like America's Got Talent or American Idol or one of the those voice. Talents, uh, the voice of those talented uh, talk sh- uh, shows to you know further your brand and your career? Yeah, it's definitely something that I have considered before. Um, the only reason why I guess I haven't is just because I'm nervous. Because I'm very, as I said, I, I love like having all the creative input and all the creative control and i'm nervous that if i were to i guess go far with that i'm uh i don't know how that might be affected that's that's a good concern to have actually that's putting yourself out there is is, is something that everybody has to take seriously because it's a big step yeah independent is one thing but if you you know you give the more of yourself you give out there the the harder it is to uh take in that's yeah. a good point. Awesome. So let's let's finish this off. I know you have a website. I do. <laughs> so what is it? Uh, we we want to hear it. Yes, it is www.lilymure. So that's l i l i m u r e dot com. Right, we can get all your Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify links off of that. Yes. Yes. Perfect. The shows that I'm doing. Any new videos I have coming out, any press links, all that stuff you can find on my website. And you guys can get that, that off of our page. We'll be sharing all of it. Thank so you. our ADG audience will be engaged and watching and sharing. And uh, we appreciate you coming on the AG podcast with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Oh, this was good. We love the music, so we love sharing it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Darren and I really appreciate it. And... Yeah. Uh, yeah, we thanks again for coming yeah. on and uh, having a quick convo. Yeah, th- th- thanks a lot, Lily. All, all the best with your career. Thank you so much. All right, so let's do our garbage person of the week. And this week, I was thinking, so with all these all these cool movies and uh, TV episodes coming out, and yeah, I try to stay off the social media. We talked about this because you're like, yeah, I want to stay off of social media, and before it's you tough. Know, people spoil it's tough. spoil things for me and. We had our Game of Thrones talk today because it's a couple of days after. But and we're going to talk about Endgame next week. And I, I avoided all the Endgame spoilers. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Kind of. Right. But the day of me watching, which was Monday, Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. I was online just scrolling through my Facebook feed. Handful of people spoiling it. Throwing up images, memes, mm-hmm. commenting. So today's all-encompassing garbage person of the week is everyone who puts up spoilers the day of or the day after a uh, special episode like that. We used to do this with Walking Dead when that was actually a good show. Right. I was trying to avoid that. And now with Game of Thrones being so big and giant movies like Endgame coming out, why would you go online and spoil something for somebody? Not everybody has time to go see it when things great come out, even if it's on TV, even if it's on late at night on a Sunday. Not everybody gets to see it. Give it a few days. Give it a week before you start posting dumb shit. Not everybody wants to see the end of a show that you've been waiting eight seasons for. Sit through an hour and 20 minutes to have your ending spoiled for you. Exactly. So that's my beef with that. And it was spoiled for me kind of, you know, kind of somebody revealed what, you know, who's still at the end and how badass they were. I don't want to know that. Yeah. You know, you know Endgame was spoiled for me, kind of, because somebody slipped 
you know, oh, these people might die. I don't want to know that. See, and, and I, I totally get that, you know, and I, I, I didn't see Game of Thrones until Tuesday, so I really had to stay off social media. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when I would go on occasional Twitter, I think, I think it was Monday night, I figured, like, okay, it must be, must be dying down by now. No, it's like, and no. I, I slowly had to creep up my newsfeed, you know, to make sure I'm not going to see anything that I don't like. Uh, because a lot of times I had to immediately just uh, remove uh, the, 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 the app off my phone because, yeah, you know, because it's everywhere, right? I know, but we, I just can't because, you know, we do a lot of stuff for the show. I do yeah. everything I do online. It's yeah. hard because when you're messaging people, things just scroll past and you just notice it. You can't avoid it. Especially when it comes to the point, like uh, I take uh, Avengers Endgame for example, is that mm-hmm. when the, when the directors have to put out uh, a press release saying "Don't spoil the movie," you know, it's got to say something. Like exactly, just you know, just let people enjoy the movie when they can. Yeah. If you like it, great. You know, t- you know, message your friends privately. There's no need to. Yeah, tell them it was it. awesome. Don't spoil it. Yeah. You know, just let everyone who has been watching these movies for the past 11 years, you know, see how it ends, you know, in their own eyes, you know. Let us, let us spoil it next episode. Yeah. <laughs> I, we, we, we figure it's two weeks. And, and if you're a diehard Marvel fan, I you, you, you should have seen it in these yeah. two weeks. And we'll, exactly. we'll, we'll let we'll tell people next week when they tune in that this is a spoiler episode. So, yeah. Which we kind of forgot to do for Game of Thrones today. But yeah, anyways. but if if those people are are real Game of Thrones fans, they would have saw it. They've seen it, you know. Yeah, exactly. Either so, yeah, or you... either they DVR'd it or whatever. Exactly. So there you go. That's my garbage people of the week. <laughs> That's the coolest fucking story I've ever heard in my entire life. That's insane. Is it, can I hear it again? Do you have time? Social media. Sure. <laughs> All right. So. You can find us everywhere. ADG Podcast. <laughs> but not all Email social us. media is bad. We're, we're on right. social media. We're on social Check us everywhere. out on social media. Yeah. Hit up that Instagram. Email topics, yeah. ideas, news stories. You guys, you guys want us to talk about ADGpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we check it. We check it during the show. You guys know we record Tuesday or Thursday. Send us whatever you want. We'll talk about it. Uh, we're on YouTube. The YouTube channel's uh, bumping up. Can, we have our podcast on there usually a couple days later after it comes out on iTunes because we're on there. So, yeah, just check us out. Give us some likes. Give us some feedback. That Facebook uh, has a comment section. You know, throw it up. Uh, and a little surprise how we kind of tie that in. Uh, if you guys follow our Twitter account, last uh, this week I put up a Twitter poll for those who have seen it. Because... Grant and I, uh, Darren and I have our opinions um, every week about something. And this week was, uh, you know, it was very Lions driven. So we put up a poll. Uh, you know, Darren and I were asking, what do you guys think of the draft? What grade would you give the Lions? This is how we're going to finish our show today. Yeah. And you guys were very, very vocal in our poll on twitter very and i'm trying to get to it right now <laughs> love <laughs> and, how prepared uh, jake is no uh, it's 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 twitter and podcasting okay so the good thing is 
everybody who replied to the poll, 35 votes. Nice. With 40% of the grade, mm-hmm. the fans of the ADG podcast gave the Lions a C. Which is somewhere where I was thinking. Yeah, it's not terrible. I, mm-hmm. Obviously, they didn't do well enough to give them a B, and it wasn't that bad where they well, deserve a D. The, I think a C at, is right at, there. A C is 40%. B, yeah. 26% of oh. our voters. Wow. 20% gave them an A, and wow. only 14% gave them a D. So, it's, it's, not it's, bad, but not it's, great. It's it spread out pretty evenly. Yeah. Pretty evenly, except for that forty percent. Yeah, that that forty percent is pretty. Uh, it, at, at, that's uh, I think that's the going rate for Lions uh, yeah. class this year. Well, and we'll seasons mm-hmm. and players. Yes, everything. Right. everything. There you go. So for social media talk, that's the stuff we do. We engage. You guys should engage with, with what we're doing. You know, keep us entertained that way too. So for the ADG podcast, I'm Jacob, and I'm Darren. And we are ADG.